Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. This is our alchemical moment. We are broken. The world is broken. And it is beautiful. To protect what is wild is to protect what is gentle. Perhaps the wildness we fear is the pause between our own heartbeats, the silent space that says we live only by grace. Wildness, wilderness, lives by this same grace. Wild mercy is in our hands. It's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives. We stand at the threshold of a historic opportunity in the human experiment to reimagine how to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. It's a revolution from the heart of nature and the human heart. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we celebrate social and scientific innovators with breakthrough solutions for restoring people and planet, creating a future environment of hope. This program was made possible in part by Organic Valley's pasture-raised organic dairy products, bringing the good from our family farmers to your table at organicvalley.coop. Mary's Gone Crackers, inspired by a conscious approach to eating, organic, gluten-free, and non-GMO products since 2004 at marysgonecrackers.com. Funding also provided by a grant from the Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues, and by the generous support of listeners like you. When scientists James Lovelock and Lynn Margulis developed the Gaia hypothesis, they proposed that the entire symphony of all things exquisitely self-regulates the Earth's conditions to create conditions conducive to life. Yet today, we're hurtling into the sixth age of extinctions, the first ever caused by the human hand. We're shredding the very web of life on which our own lives depend. But the stakes are even higher. We're diminishing the very ability of evolution to adapt. As naturalist Janine Benyus has pointed out, when we finally realize that unencumbered evolution is more precious than any vein of oil, the rationale for protecting wild places will become self-evident. In this program, writer, naturalist, and activist Terry Tempest Williams invokes our deepest humanity to honor and protect the wilderness that's the cauldron of evolution and of our own imagination. This is a love that is wild. Why wilderness matters in the 21st century. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Terry Tempest Williams is a globally celebrated writer, naturalist, environmental humanities scholar at the University of Utah, and activist. Her classic books include Refuge and Finding Beauty in a Broken World. She is known for her deep emotional vulnerability, courage in facing and embracing the wounds of the world in order to heal them. She said that when we have a hole in our hearts, we can look at this hole as a wound or we can see it as a window, a new perspective, and vista of possibility. 
Terry Tempest Williams spoke at a Bioneers conference. I want to tell you a story. In July 2010, I made a pilgrimage to the Gulf of Mexico. I needed to see for myself what had happened to our birds, our migrating birds, as they flew to the Gulf of Mexico, the BP oil spill. I met a barefoot pilot from Alabama named Tom Hutchings, who offered to fly me over the Macondo well, deep water horizon, ground zero. It was the hundredth day since the spill. And in the New York Times, the right-hand corner above the fold, it said, 80% of the oil is gone, not to worry. As Tom Hutchins flew me across that water, 800 feet above, all we could see was oil. For as far as we could see, as wide as we could see, as long as we could bear it. It was all lies. I said to Tom, how do you handle this grief? What do you do with this heartbreak? And he said two things. One, he told me that when the fires broke out on the sea, when that oil was raging on the surface of the ocean, from the vantage point of his plane and a tipped wing, he saw a pod of dolphins side by side by side by side on the edge of the flames, watching, waiting, wondering. Two, he said, my daughter Brinkley. He told me about his daughter Brinkley, who was a student working for Greenpeace. He said, I want to do this for her because she's better than I am. She's tougher than I am. Fire on the water. Lies. Grief. What do you do with the heartbreak? Look to the window. The human heart is the first home of democracy. It is where we embrace our questions. Can we be equitable? Can we be generous? Can we listen with our whole beings, not just our minds and offer our attention rather than our opinions? And do we have enough resolve in our hearts to act courageously, relentlessly, without giving up ever? trusting our fellow citizens to join with us in our determined pursuit of a living democracy. The heart is the house of empathy, whose door opens when we receive the pain of others. This is where bravery lives, where we find the metal to give and receive, to love and be loved, to stand in the center of uncertainty, knowing this is all there is. The heart is the path of wisdom because it dares to be vulnerable in the presence of power. Our power lies in our love of our homelands. My home ground is in the American West, the Red Rock Canyons of Southern Utah, the granite citadels of the Grand Tetons, the salt flats of the Great Basin, where Great Salt Lake is water in the desert that no one can drink. She is the mother calling down the migratory birds to rest. American avocet, black neck stilt, ruddy duck, pintail, 
great blue heron. I made a vow as a child that as long as long-billed blue curlews would grace the briny shores of Great Salt Lake, our world was safe, sane, a place of regeneration and return. It still is. They are still there. A childhood vow becomes a lifelong quest to stand on behalf of animals and birds and all that is wild, all who cannot defend themselves against the human project. How then shall we live with the psychosis of mass extinctions? Again, Terry Tempest Williams. I think this is such a poignant time. I am aware every single day of this full range of expression. Uh, I think of T.S. Eliot turning shadow into transient beauty. And, you know, living in the desert, you hear the coyotes cry. You know, you see them calling up the moon. You see drought. You see fish stranded on the cracked sand. You see willow flycatcher surviving. And you think if the willow flycatcher can continue to sing between intervals of thunder, then we can too. And I think I cry every day, and not because I'm sad, but because I feel. And I think in many ways that's our most important task at this moment in time, is to not avert our gaze, to not allow ourselves to be numb to the world. I think being numb is another form of suicide. And, you know, the question emerges, how shall we live? And I want to live as openly, as wildly, as present as I can. I think of the wonderful haiku by Isa. Insects on a bough, floating down river, still singing. And I think that's, you know, that's what we're doing. We're, we're singing, all of us. As naturalist Aldo Leopold famously said, the first rule of the intelligent tinkerer is to save all the pieces. That is exactly what we are not doing. Michael Soule, the father of conservation history, has written an emotional call to arms. And I ask you, what is wrong with emotion? He says, quote, perhaps the hardest thing to grasp is the geological and historical uniqueness of the next few decades. There simply is no precedent for what is happening to the biological fabric of this planet. And there are no words to express the horror of those of us who love nature. But loss of habitat and loss of species is not the whole story, he says. Perhaps even more shocking than the unprecedented wave of extinction is the cessation of significant evolution of new species among us, plants, animals. Death is one thing, but an end to birth is something else. And nature reserves are too small to gestate new species. Half the earth. What if Wildness is the highest form of imagination. Imagination leads us to creative acts. As Terry Tempest Williams observes, quote, Wildness, wilderness, it's not some thing or some place outside of us. Wildness is within us, 
and it is our source of our greatest inspiration, our energy, our power. Unquote. How can we respond creatively, imaginatively, to stop this unprecedented cataclysm of the sixth age of extinctions? We do have a strong sense of what's happening with climate change. We do have a strong knowledge that half of the other beings on this planet are going, are disappearing. We have scientists like E.O. Wilson who are saying half the Earth must be wild. You know, his half-Earth project, half the Earth must be open space. The artists, the writers, the photographers, the dancers, the children, the biologists, we know what is happening, and yet we are rendered powerless. Why? Because those in power have so much at stake in maintaining the status quo. All right, we have this knowledge. We have the ecological knowledge. We have the historical knowledge. We have the political knowledge. We're working toward the spiritual understanding. So how does that translate to power? And I think all of us are saying the same thing. It's through community, each in our own way, each with our own gifts, each in our own time, here, now, present, returning back to our own communities, going back home. And that's what I'm finding more and more compelling for me is returning home. I think that's how our knowledge translates to power. Called home to protect and care for our homelands, translating knowledge into power in community. And that we can no longer look for leadership beyond ourselves. You know, we, we know Congress is broken. We know the presidency is bought. And so how, on some level, can we expect anything else? Um, I think we just have to expect more from ourselves and each other, which, which seems like a real burden. But I, I actually think that's where our joy is is looking each other in the eyes and saying, how are you? Now how can we make some good mischief together, you know? Hope is a verb with its sleeves rolled up, as David Orr has said. For Terry Tempest Williams, we have to transform our grief. Sometimes the only appropriate response is anger. After all, if you're not outraged, you're just not paying attention. With a name like Tempest, you can't avoid it, right? And, you know, many of the things I've written have been written out of anger. Tar sands being one of them, oil and gas development in the American West being another, the loss of habitat for prairie dogs. I could go on and on and on. Nuclear testing, um, the fact that half of my family is dead because of radioactive fallout in the 1950s and 60s. Nine women in my family have all had mastectomies, seven are dead. So, yeah, I'm angry. Um, But I think the question is, how do we take our anger and transform it into sacred rage so that we can be of use, so that we can be heard, Um, most importantly, so that we can listen? And I think, you know, anger can be a gift, but it can also be a paralysis, So every day I have to just kind of sit and breathe and be mindful of the beauty around us and then think what's at stake and take that fury, that tempest inside me, which is my name, and 
find a language that opens hearts rather than closes them. And so Brooke and I have made a commitment that we're having difficult dinner parties. And in these difficult dinner parties, we think, okay, we have a table that seats 12. Um, who do we want to have a conversation with? And where, where are we having a tough time having that conversation? Difficult dinner parties to speak the unspeakable in language that opens hearts. In her neck of the woods, fracking for oil shale and mining for tar sands oil are on the table, within sight of the famed Canyonlands National Park. I think it's time that we break bread among ourselves and really listen and find out what, what's at stake, where we agree, where we disagree, and how can we move around the table and still not compromise our core principles. That's what I'm interested in. Writer and activist Terry Tempest Williams. When we return, she asks, can we love ourselves, each other, and the earth enough to change? This is a love that is wild. Why wilderness matters in the 21st century. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. To explore all available Bioneers radio shows and video programming, please visit Bioneers.org. And our thanks for the generous support from listeners like you. In the face of so much death and destruction, it's easy to fall into despair, denial, and distraction. How can we stay present and navigate through these times? Again, Terry Tempest Williams. All I know is that when I am in And it doesn't matter if I'm in New York City. It doesn't matter if I'm in the wildest place on the planet. It's am I awake? Are my ears open to the sound of a yellow-billed loon? You know, are my eyes open to the forsythia blooming in Central Park? Am I aware that in Central Park, in the Ramble, you know, we've got a whole migration of warblers going on? Am I aware when I go to work at Wall Street that someone has a job of picking up dead birds that have flown into the glass windows in those urban canyons? You know, am I aware that oil and gas is absolutely scraping the soil and soul of the southwestern deserts? There's a high cost to being aware, right? So I think, you know, how do we create situations where we're alive? You know, how do we take care of ourselves so that we don't fall numb to the world around us? So it's not outside us, it's inside us. And again, I just want to have dinner parties, you know, and say, are you, are you awake? You know, are you bored? Are you tasting this? Tell me what what's attached to your grandmother's Brussels sprouts. You know, I don't know, but I just want to talk about real things. And, and I think when we talk about real things and our hearts are open, then we're alive, and then we're not afraid to feel. Because 
there's someone that's willing to go that route with us. Keeping it real. Open hearts, open minds, in community. At the age of 50, Terry Tempest Williams became a mother when she and her husband Brooke adopted a son from Rwanda, a nation ravaged by war and ecological destruction. And now we have an adopted family, and they have adopted us. And if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would become a mother at 50, I would not have believed you. But Faustin, who is our adopted son's brother, texted me the other day from Rwanda. And he said, Mom Terry, why, I ask myself, why, every time we talk, you talk about the environment. I said to myself, I don't understand. But now I'm going to tell you a story that explains something. He said, there's this one tree that I go to every day. And every day I sit against that tree and I play my guitar and I revise myself and my music. Every day. And he said, on Friday, I went to sit with my tree and the tree was nowhere to be found. He said, I could have cried. And I realized I hadn't since the war. I understand why you are talking about the environment. These are the conversations we're having all over the world, each in our own language, each with our own point of view. And I find that tied to a fidelity that is in our DNA. The next question is, now what might Faustin do with that emotion? Grief, anger, sacred rage, I am an actionist. Direct experience creates direct action. And that is our prayer. Repeatedly. We are Earth. Can we love the Earth enough to change? Can we love ourselves enough to change? Can we love each other enough to change? Because if we continue with this kind of self-destructive behavior, be it in our familial relationships, be it in our own personal lives, be it with our own communities, um, then I think we, we will continue on the path that we're on. You know, we keep thinking we are other. And the irony is, we are so afraid of other, even other species. And if we can find our way into that place of honoring, not the divine, but what is of earth, what is of this, this vast, expansive, breathing, throbbing, creative force, then I believe anything is possible. Because at the very nature of the earth is transformation. At the very core of this universe is expansion. And, you know, I think it's, it's holding all these contradictions at once. And for me, it is about love. It is only about love. The very nature of the earth is transformation. 
Can we be big enough of heart to share this world? Can we transform grief into reverence? Wilderness is not an abstraction or an idea or our recreation. It is our sanity. It is our survival. Wilderness in the 21st century is not a site of nostalgia for what once was, but rather the seedbed of creativity for what we have yet to imagine. It is our evolution. Let us be clear. Let us be bold. Let us be unapologetic, passionate, and fierce. Let us lay our bodies down together in the name of love, our wild hearts telling us this every single day. Are we listening? Are we feeling the depth of our animal nature? This is our alchemical moment. We are broken. The world is broken, and it is beautiful. May we bear witness to the beauty that remains and reimagine ourselves on the planet. In the name of wild mercy, we can do this. Here in this room, we can do this. It is time for us to go home and do this. The eyes of the future are looking back at us, and they are praying that we might see beyond our own time. They are kneeling with hands clasped that we might act with restraint, that we might leave room for the life that is destined to come. To protect what is wild is to protect what is gentle. Perhaps the wildness we fear is the pause between our own heartbeats, the silent space that says we live only by grace. Wildness, wilderness, lives by this same grace. Wild mercy is in our hands. Let this be our prayer, reimagined. Thank you. Terry Tempest Williams, A Love That Is Wild, Why Wilderness Matters in the 21st Century. You can see and hear more from Terry Tempest Williams or explore more Bioneers radio shows and video programming online at Bioneers.org. For information on attending the National Bioneers Conference and Bioneers events in your area, please visit Bioneers.org or call 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Kenny Ausubel. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Station relations, Anna Iglesias. Interview recording engineer, Jeff Westman. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond, used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko disc label. Additional music was made available by Sounds True at SoundsTrue.com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. 
The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. This is program number 1015. Support for the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is provided in part by Organic Valley Family of Farms and Mary's Gone Crackers.